You are listening to True Crime Twins, a true crime podcast hosted by Chloe and Melina Cantor. True Crime Twins is produced by Crawlspace Media. Thanks for listening to True Crime Twins. I'm Chloe. Surprise! Melina's back. Today, we are discussing the 2018 disappearance and murder of Kelsey Barrett. Kelsey Barrett was 29 years old. She grew up in Washington with her mother, Cheryl, and a brother. She moved to Colorado after she met a cattle rancher named Patrick Frazee, who was, at the time this all happened in 2018, was 33 years old. They met on a dating app and they eventually became engaged. She moved to Colorado to be closer to him. She was a pilot and a pilot instructor. So clearly talented and intelligent. People described her as kind of soft-spoken at first, very kind-hearted person, a very good friend, great daughter. She was also a mother. She and Patrick had a baby at the time of her murder, a one-year-old named Kaylee. The circumstances behind the murder are really weird because this is a typical manipulator, narcissist type dynamic, but comes with this really evil twist in the form of a mistress that lives in a different state. Well, let's get into it a little bit more. Before we talk about the mistress, let's talk a little bit more about Patrick Frazee. Patrick lived on his ranch. He had cattle. He trained horses and he did horseshoeing. He had a lot of responsibilities. Some people said that he was a bit too aggressive and rough with their animals than they would have preferred. In 2018, Patrick resided on his cattle ranch with his mother, Sheila Frazee. He also has a brother that works for the Colorado Springs Police Department. The cattle ranch is 44 acres. Kelsey actually never lived with Patrick Frazee. On Kelsey's first night over at the Frazee residence, Sheila called her a hooker. So we're seeing some pretty judgmental, unstable, unhinged behavior, which continued later on during the subsequent proceedings. But Patrick sort of had a secret life. He had met a young lady named Crystal Lee at a dance. I don't know how old he was, but she was 20 at the time. And I think they're close in age. So when they were young people, they they had known each other for a long time. They had a hot and heavy relationship. But she eventually married a man with the last name Kenny. And Patrick, of course, met Kelsey. Crystal became pregnant with Patrick's baby in 2016, but later terminated the pregnancy when Patrick expressed dissatisfaction with the prospect of having a baby. Crystal had been unaware that Patrick had met and become engaged to Kelsey. She found out from a third party that he was engaged. However, the relationship proceeded on and off during both Crystal and Patrick's main relationships. So they were like each other's side pieces. They were the ones that would come together when they felt lost in their 
domestic partnerships and they wanted to feel young again. They met at a dance. And I guess that they had an interesting understanding of each other. Well, I don't know. I kind of got the sense that Crystal sought him as her, you know, partner. I think she was like really in love with him, but I guess he didn't see her that way or he didn't take her seriously in that way. He kind of saw her as more of like a pawn. It appeared from subsequent behavior that Patrick had a significant amount of control over her. He seemed to be a very controlling person in his day-to-day life that was seen by witnesses in his treatment towards Kelsey. When Kelsey had her had their baby, the nurses actually called protective services on Patrick because of his conduct toward the nurses. Apparently, he was shockingly verbally abusive toward them. The baby needed extra attention. I think maybe she was premature or needed to go to the NICU. And Patrick objected to separating mom and baby. And I guess a cattle rancher knows more about medicine than these nurses and and became so abusive toward them that they were concerned for this little baby's well-being and called Child Protective Services. Evidently, the outcome did not result in Patrick losing custody or visitation with Kaylee because I imagine that would have come out in the trial. But we also see that even though the couple wasn't living together, they still seemed to be together as a couple, even if they weren't residing with one another and actively co-parenting Kaylee. So yes, Patrick was controlling and he enjoyed controlling Crystal. I agree that she did seem more invested in that relationship. She seemed to really love him. She wanted to have his baby. Patrick did not want her to have their baby, but he had a baby with Kelsey, but he had made indications to people that he didn't approve of Kelsey as a mother, that he wanted to raise the baby alone. And he even told Crystal once she had become aware of Kelsey and Kaylee's existence that he thought that Kelsey was a terrible mother and that she abused Kaylee. There is absolutely no evidence that this was the case. Anyone that knew Kelsey only had positive things to say about her. The only person that has been seen being abusive in the presence of this little baby is Patrick. So we're seeing maybe a pattern of deception to manipulate Crystal into turning against Kelsey, you know, making Kelsey the enemy. No, I'm not doing anything wrong. I didn't, you know, cheat or I didn't fall in love with someone else. I'm trapped with this monster that I don't love, that I don't want to be with, but I have to tolerate because she's the mother of my baby. He complained to Crystal that Child Protective Services refused to do anything about the situation. No evidence that this was ever reported to Child Protective Services. And Melina works in the field of protective services. If someone was alleged to be doing the things that they that Patrick said she was doing to a one-year-old, such as burning her with a curling iron, what are the chances that Child Protective Services would do nothing? Very slim to none, even if it's just for the simple reason of avoiding potential liability or having a child's further abuse and possible death be their fault because they didn't intervene. He was probably feeling that he was losing control of Kelsey, which he didn't like. I think maybe in the beginning he did have a lot of control in that honeymoon stage. I mean, 
they were engaged she said she would marry him clearly that never came to fruition which is potentially a red flag that she saw something that she didn't want to fully commit to but was that was like a bit of her brain peeping through when you're in love you're kind of dictated by your heart but sometimes there's a little voice telling you to not do something or that you deserve better than what you're settling for but you're not quite ready to actually completely terminate the relationship she she was not in a rush to get married and she wasn't even living with him and I think with time as she was exposed to his anger to his narcissism his control the pedestal she had been putting him on that illusion she had of of what she hoped he was and what he maybe even made himself out to be was killed and she wasn't under his spell anymore and was you know making her own independent moves and maybe Patrick was afraid of the potential power that she had over him you know he probably before this senseless murder there were probably other cases of unreported domestic violence between him and Kelsey he had probably hurt her before just looking at criminology statistics with domestic homicides which this is he was her boyfriend even if they weren't living together he claims that they were breaking up he claimed a lot of things there's really no evidence of that he had tried to make it seem that way he'd also tried to make it seem like Kelsey was an alcoholic and that she had relinquished custody of their baby that she had given Kaylee up and wanted him to take care of her while she went to alcohol treatment there's absolutely no evidence of this Kelsey Barrett was murdered on Thanksgiving Day 2018, which was on November 22nd. Kelsey lived in a condo in Woodland Park, Colorado. In the morning, she and little Kaylee went to a supermarket to buy ingredients to cook some of Patrick's favorite dishes for Thanksgiving. She had told her family that she was going to make cinnamon rolls, which she did. Surveillance footage from neighbors' alarms caught Patrick standing outside of Kelsey's apartment in the afternoon. Patrick did not arrive at his family's scheduled Thanksgiving dinner. He showed up at the house once dinner had already been finished with his daughter at around five o'clock. He had a black plastic tote box in the back of his red pickup truck. After Kelsey's murder, Patrick contacted Crystal. He had actually contacted her three different occasions before the murder, asking her to kill Kelsey. First, he had suggested that she deliver a laced Starbucks drink. Crystal had actually gotten her hands on some Valium. I don't know if she got it from herself or from her husband or a friend, or maybe, you know, she was a nurse. She could have even swiped it from the hospital probably crushed it up and put it in this Starbucks drink because apparently Kelsey loves Starbucks. She probably got some like a caramel macchiato or something. I think that's what it was. And she literally had it ready to go and brought it to her door. And I believe that she even made contact with her. Like Kelsey answered the door and Kelsey like declined the drink. (laughs) Why did she say she was there? Did she say she was like welcoming her to the neighborhood or something? I believe so. And I think that I think that she was trying to sort of normalize her presence there. And she was trying to be friendly saying like, oh, like my husband brought an extra drink and it's I'm on a diet, so I don't want it. Do you like these drinks? I don't know. I still don't accept drinks from strangers, but 
yeah, like you said, Chloe, Patrick had solicited Crystal to kill her three times. That was one attempt. Another attempt was to beat her with a metal pipe. He even gave Crystal said pipe and instructed her on how to use it. And she, again, kind of made the extra step going as far as going in front of her condo, Kelsey's condo. And she ended up just leaving the pipe there and splitting. But it's like, why didn't you call the police the first time this guy tried to get you to kill someone? She was intelligent enough or book smart enough to become a nurse. That's not to say there isn't an entire TV show on ID Discovery called Killer Nurses. But she did seem to lack basic judgment. I mean, she never went through with killing Kelsey herself. But the fact that she was even considering it up to that point, it shows her level of devotion to Patrick and how badly she wanted to have him to herself and maybe even how much she believed that a one-year-old was was being abused and that this was the only way to stop it. I think there's definitely something else at play, whether it's dependent personality disorder, insecure attachment style, borderline personality disorder. I'm not diagnosing anyone. I'm just saying what could potentially happen to elicit a reaction like this to not do what most other people would do, what a reasonable person would do, which is to contact authorities and to refuse to kill someone to terminate the relationship. Instead, she seriously considered doing so. There's an antisocial element. There's a, a disconnect with, with reality. Well, she had later claimed that she did it out of fear that Patrick would harm her own child or her but I, I don't really buy it. I feel like that that's a cop-out because you can basically get away with anything if you say that you were afraid for your life. So she never actually went through with killing Kelsey herself. However, after Patrick does this, he contacts Crystal and says that you have a mess to clean up. I believe that's how it was alleged to be phrased. This makes me wonder if aside from some sort of psychiatric issue that Crystal Kenny has, we know that he was controlling, but maybe it was even like a step further that maybe the two of them had some sort of dom sub sexual dynamic where the dominant person in the relationship literally tells the other person what to do and they're expected to go along with it. I am no expert in this kind of dynamic and I don't want to offend any people by getting it wrong. I'm not saying that people in these dynamics have no free will. I'm just saying that maybe that's an element and that maybe there was an existing dynamic in place like that that made her more obedient and submissive because we're seeing an unusual amount of submissiveness towards Patrick. I think that she also just wanted to please him so badly and he was probably used to this very traditional dynamic of the man in the relationship not ever you know cleaning he he works really hard all day so the woman cleans like like how demeaning is that and yet crystal hops in the car and drives all the way to woodland park colorado from her home in idaho where she has a family of her own she has two children i believe she drives all the way down there and spends four hours at kelsey's condo cleaning up dried blood on the walls, on the floor, on the furniture, items that she could not clean, such as baby toys, plushes, 
things that you just can't clean throw pillows she bagged and threw away she I guess is a very good cleaner and did a decent job she later claims that she intentionally left some blood spatter for investigators to find that seems a little bit unbelievable to me to have spent all of that time and effort like what's the point of doing all that I guess that was maybe her trying to make the case that she was under duress and that she just wanted to do a good enough job that Patrick would think it was satisfactory but still leaving enough to solve the case she also claims that when she disposed of Kelsey's phone in Idaho that she intentionally turned it on so that it would ping so that investigators would be able to link it back to her. Patrick instructed her to text Kelsey's mother and aunt from Kelsey's phone before destroying the phone. So basically what happened, Crystal, basically she's sing like a bird to avoid getting the maximum punishment for being an accessory after the fact and, and also not stopping him when she could have. So she's saying like a bird. She basically said that he told her everything that he did. Like he basically went to her house, the baby's there playing in the other room. He blindfolds her with a sweater and wants to play a game where he puts things up to her face and she guesses what the smell is. But then he literally just brutalizes her with a baseball bat. Kelsey's last words were, please stop. He actually had wanted Crystal herself to beat her with the baseball bat, but she had flat out refused. This crime is so horrific and brutal and the image of the little child in the next room. And that could not have been a quiet struggle with a baseball bat and blood in every room. She was probably running away from him. She was probably trying to get him away from her. It was violent and that poor child was certainly exposed to something. She's now in the custody of Kelsey's mother after a custody battle with Sheila Frazy. She didn't stand a chance, crazy bitch. Crystal also shared that she helped Patrick move and burn Kelsey Barreth's corpse. And now a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now back to the show. When Kelsey's mother hadn't heard from her daughter in a week, she and her son flew from Washington to Colorado to check on her. When they entered Kelsey's condo, it was unusually warm with the thermostat set at 72 degrees. They also noted that there were cinnamon rolls on the stovetop that were rock hard. You know, she had made them and they were just sitting out for about a week, which was a very disturbing sight. During this period, Patrick had also made some suspicious statements to people in his life. He wanted to obtain surveillance images that showed him on Thanksgiving withdrawing money from an ATM about a week or so after the murder. And the bank manager, I think, had a few questions and he ended up getting angry with her. He also went to a Verizon store to try to see if he could change a pin remotely and also wanted to know if anyone could get information, get data from a phone that was no longer functioning or had been destroyed, which made 
the employee very suspicious. This occurred on December 11th. He had also remarked to a horseshoeing client on December 20th that Kelsey was never coming back. He had told a friend before the murder, months before the murder, someone that was like a close family friend, a father figure, that he had figured out a way to kill her and even made the comment, no body, no crime. He had told that same friend that he was worried that he had blood on his clothes from a nosebleed that Kelsey had on November 28th, which was six days after the murder, but before Kelsey had been reported missing. He had also made the comment on December 20th, man, if I had known this was going to blow up this big, I never would have, and then trailed off, not completing the sentence. I just don't understand a lot of the choices he made. Like even when he was behind bars, he was trying to enlist hitmen to kill witnesses, I believe. Like, I don't know if it's just some jailhouse snitch trying to like get reduced jail time, but I'm pretty sure that they like recovered a list that Patrick had made of people that he wanted killed. And I think that included Kelsey's mother and (laughs) Crystal. Sorry, Crystal. (laughs) Yes, he offered to financially take care of this inmate once he was released. He wanted all these witnesses killed and specifically said that he would love to see a bullet in Crystal's head. So he's just a ruthless monster and he's not going to stop. He's relentless. He ended up being sentenced to life without parole Plus, I believe 156 years. This was a very aggravated crime. The judge in the case gave him a scathing speech at sentencing, just describing the brutality of the act. He claimed that Kelsey had spent the day before the murder taking care of Patrick. I don't know exactly what he meant by that. I don't know if maybe he wasn't feeling well or if she had just cooked for him or done something nice for him, but he claimed that she had taken care of him and he had paid her back by brutally killing her with a ruse exploiting the trust that she had for him. Patrick also repeatedly lied. He had claimed to be in different places and just showed an absolute disregard, not only for Kelsey, but for what he exposed his daughter to. I think that his mother should have been charged because it's pretty clear that she was home when they were burning the body and the other evidence. And I think that she just remained silent. I think she just pleaded the fifth. But Crystal... I think that they wanted her to get three years. It just kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And now she's actually a free woman. She has obviously permanently lost her nursing license because she was convicted of a felony. And I don't know what she's going to do with her life. I bet it's not going to be easy. People know her face. That's right. This year, her three-year sentence was vacated because apparently it exceeded the maximum sentencing guidelines for what she was eventually charged with because of her testimony, the crucial testimony that ended in Patrick Frazee's conviction. I don't know if they would have been able to get it without her because even though Patrick's mother allegedly watched Patrick burn this woman's body and, and did not like this woman, there were no other witnesses that were willing to testify that were actually material that actually saw him do what he did the case was kind of circumstantial except for the fact that you know he showed no concern for Kelsey he didn't try to contact her once after he went missing he had you know made some fake phone conversations between the two of them to indicate that they had broken up but you know once the phone was destroyed he didn't even pretend to to try to call her or anything like that even though he had called 
and had many phone calls with Crystal during that time. He had no calls or no attempts to call Kelsey's phone because he knew that she was gone. But without Crystal's testimony, the case would not have been as strong. But unfortunately, it made it so that her sentence was unbelievably weak. So once that sentence was vacated, she was resentenced to 18 months, which I believe she had already served. So she is out on parole. I am concerned about Crystal being free because even though I don't think that alone she's dangerous, I think that with the right person, with the right psychopath, (laughs) she can be manipulated and therefore be dangerous. She is dangerous for sure. I don't think that she would initiate something on her own, but she's perfectly capable of being a part of something again. I don't think there's really any indication that she's been rehabilitated. I think she was embarrassed that she got tied up into it, maybe. If you want to see the videos of Crystal taking authorities through what Patrick had told Crystal had gone down, like literally in Kelsey's condo and on Patrick's farm, like you can find that online. It's it's kind of chilling, but it's it made me learn a lot about it. And it's interesting to see her demeanor. 